Hi, and welcome to the latest episode of Pasha. My name is Nontobe Gomjali. Thank you for joining us. In today's episode, my colleague Ines Kosana sat down with Rhoda Wanyenze. She's an associate professor and dean at Makarere University School of Public Health in Uganda. I think as a starting point, can you just explain to us when you talk of gender equity, what is it that you're referring to? What we are referring to is having equal opportunity to be able to participate meaningfully in uh, global health, um, setting the agenda, implementing, if it's research, um, uh, also being able to participate in the research, being able to also have equal opportunity to grow your capacity to contribute and uh, to have the voice of the women heard in setting the agenda, in setting the priorities, in uh, designing interventions, in delivering a service, because we have so many women participating uh, in delivering health services out there and they have a lot of rich experiences. They know what works and they know what doesn't work and um, quite often when we leave out that voice we disadvantage everybody because uh, sometimes we fund a lot of interventions, big uh, investments but we've just left out one small thing and something will not work just because of that, just because we didn't engage some people, just because we didn't listen to them. So involving women is really good in terms of making sure that uh, the experience that uh, these millions of women out there have uh, is integrated in the decision-making process and how we design programs. After all, when we do, they are the ones that are going to implement those programs. Getting them on the table is really important. Ina then asked Professor Wanyenza her experiences on the ground. What I see on the ground is so many women that are doing a big job out there and they're the real backbone of health. Um, and the latest statistics from WHO shows that uh, women are 75% uh, of the global workforce, but um, uh, in terms of leadership, it's the other way around. They are only 25% in, when it comes to leadership for health. Uh, so the women are the majority of community health workers. The women are the majority of the nurses and midwives. And increasingly, there are so many women that are also doctors. The women are the majority when it comes to counseling services, predominantly delivered by uh, women. So women are out there working so hard under very difficult conditions and uh, they need to be given a voice. I recently saw a picture that moved me uh, when we had an immunization campaign in Uganda, and there were two women that were going out to immunize children. It had rained heavily the day before, and uh, they were walking in the waters you know, that were as high as their knees, but they were still moving with the vaccines that they were carrying. We see a lot of write-ups in the newspapers, in the media, about health workers not doing a good job, health workers not treating the, the patient so well. It, it seems to be more of an issue of uh, the disgruntled complain a lot, so we hear the negative stories. So much more than we do hear the positive stories. But there are also a lot of really stories around a dedicated workforce out there. What about the issues of addressing gender imbalance? It is a challenge, but it has to be multi-pronged because the barriers that we see are multi-level. There are individual level barriers um, and, and challenges for the women. There are institutional barriers because the institution 
um, and, and, uh, and the network of institutions that work with have to provide the right environment for that equity to happen. And the environment is really broad. It touches on many issues. But there's also the policy level. Well, what, what do we want to see happen? And, uh, and, and uh, when it's written down, how can we make sure it's implemented? Because increasingly we have a number of policies that are articulating the importance of equity, but where is the incentive for us to ensure that these policies are implemented? If they're not implemented, so what happens? And, uh, and we see the same thing happening, not only in uh, health services, but we see the same thing happening in research institutions and academic institutions like ours. For us in academia, we also need to be doing more research on gender equity, actually, so that we can clearly articulate what the, the, the issues out there, what are the problems, but also be able to articulate uh, clearly what is it that works. We can test interventions and see what is it that can help us. At individual level, of course, we have had a lot of interventions around uh, capacity building, empowering women so that they can be able to do their work better technically, but also in terms of leadership and advocacy and engagement. Because when women are well equipped and they can uh, uh, speak for themselves and they can demand that space, then each of us can add uh, to, to, to the broader movement of ensuring gender equity. How would it look in an institutional space? Within the institution, uh, for example, if you're running an NGO uh, that's still providing a service, or if you have a global health program uh, that one is sponsoring, then you can be very clear that you would like to see equity and you can have very clear targets. For example, you can, you can decide that you're not going to have um, uh, leadership or administrative positions go to only one gender. So you make sure, I'm going to have at least half-half uh, women will be in leadership as well as men. That is an institutional policy you can intentionally put in place and also make sure that it happens. But also um, that, that is really setting targets in terms of women engagement across various levels. You can do that. And um, in addition to setting targets, we also need to deal with the culture in terms of uh, acceptance that women can also be good leaders, but that goes with how we define leadership. One of the areas where we probably uh, mess it up when we are hunting for who should be a leader is how we set the job descriptions and the specifications. Who are we actually looking for? So if your competencies are geared towards those that are predominantly male, then you're going to get men. But if your competences are geared towards women. Women tend to be more collaborative, for example. They tend to engage a lot more. So if you want a leader that engages more, a leader that's going to be participatory, a leader that's going to form partnerships and work well, and you define that and you look for that, chances are that you will end up with more women. What about those who say that gender equity compromises quality? Gender equity and bringing more women on the table is not compromising quality because many people tend to think okay you are bringing these women and you're compromising the quality absolutely not because there are smart women out there that are doing a good job there are smart women out there that can be ceos of organizations and so bringing more women on the table is not necessarily compromising quality as many people would like to want to see it it's just putting in place a process to get the qualifying women and the competent women to be able to get on the table and be part of the journey. Mm. Yeah. There really is a lot of intersectionality as you speak. 
because I think a lot of these conversations could be said to people of color or black people sure. in certain positions as mm -hmm. well. It's as if to say that we want affirmative action or equal employment means that the quality is going to go down. Thank you for tuning into this episode produced by Ozer Patel and Inas Kosan. From me, Nondobegom Jali, it's bye for now.